I believe this is the third time in two years that I have um, been stuck with the apocalypse. <laughs> you might remember when I displayed the medieval artwork of the devil hauling off half the souls to hell and so on. Well, here we are again from Matthew. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that you saw a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick, or in prison, and visited you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, Just as you did it to one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left hand, You who are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then they will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison? It did not take care of you. Then he will answer them. Truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. These are Matthew's words on apocalyptic thinking. Was this Jesus' message? I don't know how to respond to that. (laughs) Well, I do know how to respond to it, and I will. Um, So, from Paul, he had this wonderful prayer to the people, or letter to the people in Ephesus, and he ends it with the same tone. Judgment is coming. So, I pondered for a very long time the gift that Kathy gave to me of asking me to 
preside for this Sunday, and we do so in honor of Kathy's birthday today. Yeah. <clears throat> so thank you, Kathy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it at there. Okay, so as we all know, our liturgy is divided traditionally uh, into two parts. And the first part is the Word of God. And we th- say, thanks be to God, or thanks be to Jesus Christ. As if God herself wrote the words. Well, for centuries, in fact, that was the case. But we've moved on. Well, have we? So, these words are still believed by many in a literal sense. I'll go beyond that and say, well, our presiders, Tom, Richard, Kathy, Anne-Marie, have the gift of what I said, say is making a silk purse out of a sow's ear of readings. And the last few weeks have been a real struggle sometimes to do that. Okay. I am not spiritually attuned to the tradition of the word as Hebrew Bible, something apostolic, and a gospel. And then at the end of it saying, Thanks be to God for giving me these awful words. I'm sorry. It's not in me. Um, Long ago, I committed myself to be a follower of Jesus. I found it hard sometimes, many times, in fact, for years, until the recent weeks to try and understand how to separate the wisdom, Jesus, the wisdom teachings from the apocalyptic vision applied to him, perhaps applied to him, by the authors of these texts. But after all, these were written by believing Jews, Pharisees, Pharisees. We say, oh, no, no, they're not Pharisees. They were. Paul said it. I'm a Pharisee. The Pharisees are the ones who believed in life after death, resurrection of the dead, and the Messiah to come. (coughs) And the authors were preaching in in their Gospels to fellow Jews, trying to convince them that Scripture said Jesus was, in fact, the precursor to the final judgment. He was the Messiah. 
<coughs> excuse me, get too effusive here. The timing when the apocalyptic elements of Scripture arose in the Hebrew Bible is the time of the exile in the following years, as the second part of Isaiah was written, as the book of Daniel was written, and other apocalyptic visions, Daniel's in particular. The rough timing of those and the return of some of the Jewish leaders, interestingly enough, the majority stayed in Babylon and became a thriving Jewish community, But those who came back brought with them about two generations worth of exposure. Okay, I'm being given the opportunity to wet my... We brought you water. There we go. Okay. So, the timing of all that And if you look at Zoroastrian beliefs, which were the state religion of Persia, greater Persia, including Babylon at the time, these beliefs were also part of Zoroastrianism. And it's possible that that's the source. I can't prove it, but it's possible. So, The adopted eschatology of a divine messianic judgment, life after death, and the resurrection of the the dead became the basic tenets of Pharisaic Judaism taught by the rabbis in the centuries before uh, Jesus' birth. The Sadducees, on the other hand, the ones who tended the temple, denied these beliefs. Um, And um, that's just, they stuck with Torah. They didn't need the other things. Gee whiz, sorry. For those Jews actively seeking a messianic intervention over Rome, their belief in a coming end time seemed to be playing out before them. Our ancestral followers of Jesus brought those foundational beliefs into the Gospels and the apostolic teachings that were proclaimed today. The historic Pharisaic (coughs) beliefs of these authors were made real by their belief in Jesus as the foretold forerunner of God's final judgment. Matthew, as today's text graphically describes it, teaches that Jesus, as the Son of Man, a divine figure in Daniel, came in fulfillment of the apocalyptic vision first put forward in that book in chapter 7 to bring judgment to the world. So, (coughs) enough teaching, right, Richard? Time to move on assert to you that they got it wrong. They all got it wrong. Period. 
They let their predetermined apocalyptic beliefs <coughs> to flow into their faith in Jesus. The dualism of Matthew's hard judgment by God or the Son of Man is not the God that we believe in. Heaven versus hell, good versus bad, condemned versus saved, black versus white, belief versus reason. This is the kind of dualism that Jesus did away with. <clears throat> As Peter wrote in his first letter, God is love, period. Ah, pardon me. I am negative, but it's been a long week. <sighs> From Waffle Shop. Fortunately, my doctor gave me a, um, an antiviral drug for COVID, which um, in fact did its work after a while. What I miss most about the time that I now am in the sabbatical from working in hospice was the absolutely real presence of God in the communications that I had with persons who were dying. I came really to understand and feel his presence, her presence, God's presence, <coughs> as love in those interactions. Very, very special. So, what do we lose if the biblical judgment day vision isn't true? Simply isn't true. Well, for one, we lose the truly miraculous intervention of God in this, uh, in this planet to install his kingdom without needing any help from us. Hey, God, get it done. Get rid of the goats. Take the sheep with you. Just get it done. And then it's, we, we can be happy well, if we're sheep. Well, many today are waiting for that in the full belief that um, they are the sheep and we others are the goats. What do we lose if we give up this text, these texts, these beliefs, these thoughts, and our struggles to try and make sense of them? Well, in fact, God's return to establish the divine kingdom does not need the apocalypse taught in our readings today. I assert another belief. The day has already come. Didn't you get the notice? <laughs> like the FedEx arrow that Tom Stricker brought to us, <clears throat> it's been here in plain view. <clears throat> mm. 
the early followers of Jesus were so caught up looking to the clouds from whence Jesus would return <clears throat> that they missed it. The Gentiles came to Christianity from a mixture of beliefs and divine intervention. So what's another one? Great. Okay. We can go along with that. Paul's Pharisaic beliefs blinded him to what really happened, even as he had the chance to see the FedEx arrow, and he missed it. The answer to me, at least, maybe or maybe not to you, I simply state that the expected Christ event leading to the kingdom of God already came with the miracle of Pentecost, period. It came. Christ did return as Christ at that time, giving us the power, the responsibility, the backup pressure of love coming from God to, in fact, embark on the process of building the kingdom. It doesn't come for free. It takes work. It takes us working in the power of God to bring this about sometime. The joyful love that broke out in the followers of Jesus was ecstatic by all scriptural references in Acts, letters to the apostles, and Paul's letters. Christ in us began within weeks or months of Jesus' death. We are not to be waiting for God to cause the kingdom to suddenly come. As co-creators, in God's image and likeness, the kingdom or commonwealth of God is job humanity was given. Too many have taken the easy path of waiting for God to send down the Messiah again to do it for us. Like kind of like Zeus's thunderbolt. Boom. And all the time, Christ was already with us, in us, in plain view. Thank you, Tom Stricker and the FedEx Arrow for that. We are joyful co-workers in building the kingdom, the kingdom, or the commonweal of God as agents working of expressions of God's presence and the energy of divine love. Our task is a joyful task, just as working in partnership with Christ Episcopalians during Waffle Shop was a joyful task of kingdom building. We have love, we have life, we have the peace, the singers sang. Teacher not sees the blossoming flower of love within humanity, within each of us. This is universal salvation. It is here in plain view. What is it in human thinking that requires the apocalypse? It's fear, it's uncertainty, it's a lack of faith. It's a lack of the power of God's love within them. And so... We have in front of us man-made apocalyptic visions. But the fact is, there's so much work going on 
around us that we do not see in science, technology, around the world. Some of the best breakthroughs are not necessarily coming just from the United States. They're coming from around the world to solve some of these very, very tough problems. Sometimes it takes a crisis right in front of our face before we react to it adequately. Well, I have faith as co-creators that humanity will somehow find its way through in love, in the spirit of God that is within every person as co-creators. It's the secret of hope in the reality of God's presence in all of us. So, let's have a bit of hope and the joy that hope can bring. We might actually even experience in that the peace of God. Amen. Amen.